Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Speaking of organization, today we are sharing 10 tips that will help you organize your teacher desk in a way that will be most efficient for you. But first, let's listen to a TSH from Olivia. She says, my time-sucking hurdle is trying to get work done at my desk. It's impossible. It takes me at least 15 minutes to clear my desk off so I can start working. I know you ladies must have some great tips for keeping your desk organized. I need them desperately. Well, yes, Olivia, we actually do. We are going to dedicate this entire episode to sharing a system you can use to prioritize what's on your desk. That way you can avoid the daily speed cleaning. I think everyone knows what I mean by that. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. I swear every time I look at my teacher desk, it can be so overwhelming if I don't have it all together. So I totally understand where you're coming from, Olivia, and don't feel, you know, flustered or frustrated when it comes to this process. We're definitely going to give you some great tips, um, as Michelle mentioned. Now, before we jump too far into it, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. I feel like this has been a more recent trend, meaning in the last like five years or so, the whole debate between teacher desk or no teacher desk, right? I feel like 10, 15 years ago, and maybe I'm saying that because I wasn't in the realm of education then, that could totally be the case, but there was no question about it, right? It was just, yeah, you have a teacher desk. Yeah. That's it. I think everybody kind of when we were coming out of school, we all thought, man, I can't wait to have my own teacher desk. Yes. It was like <laughs> something weird? you look forward to. And then now and maybe it's because I think there are teachers that have classrooms that are pretty small and getting rid of your teacher desk is a way to kind of have more space. But let's just quickly go through. I personally have always had a teacher desk. My last school where I taught fourth grade for four years my teacher desk was actually built into the classroom. So I had no choice but to have a teacher desk. Like it was cemented to the floor. (laughs) But even before that, when I taught second grade, I had just a very small, one of those like metal clunky desks. And I did have a teacher desk. I would move it around. Like I didn't always keep it in the same place. But that's also where I housed like my laptop. So my laptop would connect onto a piece that would then allow me to project it on the board. So I kind of had to have at least some type of like central location to put that. But what about you, Bridget? So it's funny because I started off with my with having a teacher desk in kindergarten. And I specifically remember my mom coming in to help me my first year of teaching to organize my teacher desk. <laughs> I still have like little folders and stuff with that with her handwriting on it as she was trying to get me all together. Aww. And she had no idea what she was organizing. Let's just be honest. But then I feel like my second year of teaching The big transition happened where instead of having a teacher desk, I started having a small group table. And it almost Mm -hmm. seemed like my small group table became my teacher desk. So it was like a dual function space. So now um, in the classroom that I'm at, and Michelle, it's funny that you say like smaller classrooms that people have. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, now I'm experiencing the smaller classroom because my kindergarten room was massive Mm -hmm. and I just don't have that space. However, I feel as though I have kind of a combination of what you have at this previous school and this combination of not having like that teacher desk because I have like a nook and you 
could put students there like on stools if you wanted to, but I'm utilizing that space for me. So it, again, it acts like a dual purpose use because I'm using it as a small group teaching area, but then I also have it as my desk space. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting because now that I think back when I taught second grade, I never had a large small group table. I had like a round table where you could barely fit four kids. Like it was dinky. So there's no way I even could have used that as like my home base. But now when I taught fourth grade, I... I started with just rectangular tables and then I was able two years in to upgrade to like a kidney table. And can I just say that was like the best day ever when I got a kidney They're table, huge, right? They're, They're so big. huge. <laughs> and I had dreamed of having a kidney table. I feel like if I had not had a built-in desk, I could have used that as like my teacher area because it was actually large enough. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be sharing 10 tips for making your teacher desk as efficient as possible. Now, keep in mind, these tips can be applied to a teacher work area. It doesn't have to be specifically a desk. So if you're using your small group area as your desk, these tips are definitely going to apply to that as well. So let's jump right in with tip number one, which is to set up your technology first. This is really going to help you decide the flow of your desk. And you might be limited with where in your classroom you can actually have your desk or your work area dependent on your technology. Plus, let's just be honest, dealing with all of those wires underneath can be super tricky. So so just get it done first. (laughs) Now, a couple of ideas for you. This may include a desktop computer if you have one. I had a desktop computer in my fourth grade classroom, but not my second grade classroom. It might include a laptop charger. So if you're not using a desktop computer, you probably have somewhere where you're housing your charger. So you can always just put your laptop down and plug it in. It might include a document camera. You might also want to have a phone charger. I don't know about you, Bridget, but I always have like a wireless phone charger on my desk. Oh, hands down. Every single place that I've ever taught at, I always have chargers for all of my own personal devices. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, you have to do what's best for you and you're going to have to make adjustments. I remember when I moved to my fourth grade classroom, it had my desktop computer like in the middle. So picture this. My desk is like an L shape. Okay. The bottom of the L is where my technology is. In the far corner, like furthest away from the corner of the L would be my document camera. And then in the middle of the bottom of the L is where I had my desktop computer. But I did not like that because it blocked my view of my classroom. And I wanted to be able to look out into my classroom and see everything. So I actually moved my computer into the corner of the L. That way it was kind of up against the wall. But when I did that, my mouse no longer reached because my mouse had to like plug into the back of the CPU unit and the cord was too short. So I had to buy an extension cord. It was cheap, it was like five bucks, but it allowed me to move the technology into the corner. If you are going to move technology, I highly, highly recommend taking pictures of the cords before you unplug them. That way, when you go to put them back, you can ensure that they are in the right spot. And ask for help if you need it. You can always ask. I'm sure you have some sort of like a technology specialist or even your team teachers, especially if you're new to a school and your team teachers have been there a while. Trust me, they have seen every cord and they know every spot that it can get plugged into. And once you have everything the way that you want it, use those little Velcro cord organizers. Bridget, I have been obsessed with those lately. I love them. I ha- We bought like three or four massive rolls mm-hmm. of all the black Velcro organizers. They're great. 
See, this is why we're best friends, because I have the exact same thing, like the all black ones. But basically, if y'all don't know what we're talking about, there are just these like Velcro strips and you actually attach it onto the cord. And then when you wind the cord up, you can wrap it around and it will keep it all in place. So if you have like really long cords, I always had ones that would hang down like underneath my desk and my feet would get caught on them. So I would actually wind them up and use those Velcro cord organizers. And then if you have to, you can actually hook some like command hooks under your desk. That way you can like latch the cords onto there to keep them further up off of the floor. Yeah, technology can be a huge hassle, but when you take the steps to kind of figure that out first, I think it always is best. And then you can work around that because let's be honest, the technology I feel like starts to consume your your space Yeah, if you don't do Especially it right. Now. Yeah, seriously. Uh, So tip number two is going to be to utilize drawer organizers. Um, I feel like this goes without saying, but drawer organizers will really help you to keep your closed areas nice and tiny. There is nothing worse than having to open up a drawer or struggle to open up a drawer, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and like scrounge for something that you need. It wastes time. You can start to feel flustered. You're going to have behavior issues if you're looking for something for a student. And so take the time to organize organize it properly. So first things first, you're going to need to identify the space. Guys, this means height and width and length. It means all of them. I feel like I purchased some organizers a couple of years back and they wouldn't fit because they were too tall inside of the drawers that I was trying to stick them into. Lesson learned for me. And then locate the organizers that are going to be best for that specific space. Now, take time and play around with how you want things to fit. Don't just start going in and saying, oh, I want this to have like my pencils right here and my highlighters right here because you might not be able to find organizers that are going to fit that specific space. And we highly recommend that you separate those items. Don't just put all of your utensils in one spot because it's going to create a mountain. And then that's where you're going to start having the overflow and things are starting to get stuck and you're having struggling to open up drawers. Now, if you've listened to our home edit episode, which is 085, we watch the home edit. Here are our our thoughts. That was a mouthful. (laughs) We love that they were really intentional about finding containers that fit really snug. I think that was one of my biggest takeaways is really trying to find the arrangement where every, there was no like dead space. Is that the right word I'm saying there? Yeah, dead space or empty space, like that space that just has nothing occupying it. Yeah, and then everything would kind of shift and move inside of your drawers. You don't want that to happen. Um, So definitely go and listen to that episode if you guys have not already. We have some really great organizational tips in there. So once you do that, then you're going to organize each container with a purpose and keep it that way. Only put what you can fit that's and that is it inside of that container. It will keep you organized and it's going to be so much easier to use throughout the year. And this is not something we say very often on our podcast, but size does matter. Okay. Like Bridget said, you got to measure those drawers and you got to find containers that properly fit it. (laughs) Bridget is now cracking up off screen. All right. I'm just going to move on to tip number three, which is to use a paper sorter. Even though so much in the world of education is going digital, which we are huge fans of, you're still going to have papers, okay? They're unavoidable. You're going to have papers that kids bring you. You're going to have papers you have to send home with kids. You're going to have papers you have to keep just in case. We all have them. 
And unfortunately, our desk becomes the easiest place to put them. So you either need to collect all of the papers in one place and then process, that's also a mouthful, process them at the end of the day. Bridget has her inbox, which Bridget, I'm going to let you go ahead and explain that before I move on. Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. No, it's totally fine. So yes, I do have a paper inbox. And basically what it is, it's a file container from, is it Ikea? It's just Ikea. It's just a file sorter from Ikea. And in there, the inbox is going to be the space where everything goes inside of it. So as soon as you get handed something, if you're not going to take care of it right then and there, you're going to place it inside of your inbox. At the end of the day, what you do is you take everything out from your inbox and you process every single piece of paper. So you can either put it in a waiting. If you're waiting for somebody else to do something, um, you can go ahead and file it. You can go ahead and take care of it, or you can just go ahead and throw it away if you that's something that you don't need. But it's a great process just to kind of get into that practice of just instead of leaving things on your desk, which can feel overwhelming and stressful at the end of the day, put it inside of an inbox. And then that way, at the end of the day, you can just sit there and process everything. So it's like a catch-all, essentially. Yeah. 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 Now, your other choice is to have places to sort and organize the papers in real time. This is closer to what I do. I have a series of drawers and categories. So I have drawers to put my copies that I need for the rest of the week. And I have a place to put copies for the next week. I have a place to put papers I need to file and papers I need to grade and papers I need to hand back to kids and papers that kids give to me. All of that. Like each one has its own designated spot. So in terms of how you're actually collecting and sorting these papers, you could use just like a basic paper tray. It's like a rectangle shape, but it has no lid. That way you can easily put papers inside. You can typically find these at like the Target Dollar Spot or even at Dollar Tree. There also are those Ikea cubes. I have no other way to describe it. It's a square shape, but it has like five drawer like sections that pull out you know what I'm talking about yep I absolutely do I actually use those here in my office to organize like colored paper and cardstock and stuff they're great yeah it's fantastic or you can even use those like sterilite drawers because they are made to be able to hold like paper size eight and a half by 11 the only downside to using something like a sterilite drawer is if that paper happens to be larger like picture forms Picture forms are always huge. Girl, picture forms. <laughs> You're either going to have to fold it or just store it on top because it's not going to fit into the drawer as it is. But keep this in a place on your desk where students can access it if needed. I always had like a teacher assistant and that teacher assistant was constantly putting papers in, taking papers out. And I was able just to give them directions and be like, hey, go grab this. And all of my bins were labeled. So it was nice and easy for them to find it. But this is going to kind of alleviate some of your responsibility and it's going to allow you to get that help. And you could even have a combination depending on your needs. So you could have like a mailbox for student papers. So basically, that was a place where regardless of the student paper, it all went into there and I would process it at the end of the day. But I also had like individual drawers for all of my papers because it was easier for me in the moment to sort them because I already knew what they were. And if you're going to have multiple containers, just make sure you label them so that you don't get confused, your students don't get confused, or if you have like a sub, they're not going to get confused either. 
Ooh, that's an important one, definitely. So tip number four is gonna be to establish a location for writing utensils. Y'all, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like for me, my writing utensils end up all over my classroom. <laughs> I have expo markers everywhere. I have highlighters and pins. It is, that is just my day. That's, that is the way that my day ends up going. Um, but you need to find a place, a location for those writing utensils. If you don't take the time to really find this, it's gonna, your desk is gonna end up being a magnet for all the utensils at the end of the day. And you're gonna spend more time trying to sort them and put them back where they need to go. And that's something that you just don't have to do. So to prevent this, decide on how you're gonna maintain your writing utensils throughout the day. This also means that you need to decide what utensils you will use so that you can plan on the amount of space that you're gonna have, okay? If you're someone who's like, I need every single flare pen color out there on my desk, you do you, boo. Find a container that's going to be large enough that you can be able to have that on your desk. Now, for me, I try to keep it very minimal. I try to keep it simple because like I said, if I don't, then I'm going to end up throwing everything all over my, my classroom. So I usually keep an erasable pen, I keep a regular pen, I keep an erasable marker, I keep expo markers, at least two of those because those are the things that I use the most. Michelle, I have a question for you. While we're on this topic of expo markers, do you use colored expo markers on your dry erase board or do you just use black? I'm gonna give some time, build some anticipation. I use both. <laughs> <laughs> I primarily if I'm writing, whether it's like the date or a reminder, I'm going to use black. However, I do use the colored ones for teaching math because I will use it to kind of illustrate different elements. Like if I'm doing an area model, I'll have hundreds, one color, tens, one color. But I have an even more important question for you, Bridget. Are uh -oh, you ready? What? No. <laughs> Are you a fan of the chisel tip markers or Ooh. the bullet tip? Ooh, uh, chisel tip. Mm. See, this we is where we differ. Anymore. I'm a bullet tip <laughs> I'm <just> girl. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so interesting because I hate colored markers on my whiteboard. I hate it. I feel like it leaves a residue. I don't like the way that it looks. And I don't want to spend the time, you know, bringing out the expo cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's, I strictly use black. That's the only one that I use. So whenever parents want to give me expo markers, I say black only, <laughs> please, only black. But see, to be fair, I think you do more things digitally. So using like your iPad and being able to differentiate colors. Whereas for me, most of that is done like on a physical board. Yeah, no, I really do. And so all the colors that you're talking about that you use for math, I end up using it on my iPad with an app. So then that way I have all the colors there so the kids can see it. All right, we are gonna keep moving on. So keep in mind that if you do choose to keep all of your utensils inside of a drawer, um, you do need to find, you're gonna probably find that you're throwing them on your desk, okay? Cause let's just be honest, you're not gonna take the time to open up your drawer and put them in your nice and neatly like organized containers that you have now placed in your drawers. So find a spot where you know for a fact you can put it on your desk, whether it be like a pencil holder, um, one of those like acrylic like divider holders, it might be in a workstation somewhere else, but have it somewhere out and visible so that way instead of just throwing it onto your desk, you're putting it back where it needs to go. Um, the purpose is really and truly keeping your desk tidy throughout the day. You mentioned like losing 
writing utensils throughout the day. In my yeah. classroom, I always had a pen spy. Their single job is anytime I picked up like a pen or a marker, they had to watch it like a hawk and then figure out where I would put it because I would yeah. put it like on a random student's desk or I'd put it on the whiteboard little thing that sits in front of it. What is that called? Like the metal I piece? Know. I know what you mean. I don't mean, know. Yeah. And so their job, I'd always be like, all right, pen spy, where'd I put it? And they would tell me exactly where to go to find it. <laughs> it was the best class awesome. job. That is the best ever. I feel like for me, I'm like, guys, if I was Mrs. Spackman's like paper, where would it be? <laughs> like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what I just, I feel like I need one of those like watch, you know how you can ding for your phone on yes. your Apple watch. I feel like I need one of those for like all the other things that I lose inside of my classroom. <laughs> yeah. Especially my coffee. Cause that also gets put down in very random spots. Yes. Yes. And I always love when I leave it on a student's desk and then when I'm looking around I look over at them and they'll be like holding it all sly like up by their head kind of like you know rocking it back and forth looking at me yeah. like haha got it do all you, right do you do you drive them crazy and say why are you drinking my coffee I told you not to drink coffee I'm not sure your mother would allow you to drink this coffee right now you should really stop doing that it's gonna make you incredibly hyper <laughs> you nope. don't do that I do nope. that to my kids all the I time. can tell that was very well rehearsed <laughs> All right, moving on to tip number five, which is to designate a spot for planning. A lot of this is really going to depend on how you plan. If you are using a paper planner, then you need a spot that's going to be close to your writing utensils, since that is a requirement in order for you to plan. But if you are planning digitally, you've got a little bit more flexibility, but overall, this spot should be close to your computer or your laptop charger. But regardless of where exactly in your work area it is, make sure it is an area that is clear of items. That way you can sit down or stand, you know, if you're trying to be good for your health, and you can focus fully. There's no clutter that's going to end up distracting you. You do want to make sure you keep any like curriculum books or other materials you might need nearby. So I mentioned how I moved my desktop computer into the corner of the L and it freed up like the middle of the bottom part of the L. That's where I would sit to do my planning. To my right, I had cabinets that were up above where I kept my computer and one cabinet was full of all my curriculum books. So when I sat down to plan, all I had to do was pivot my chair, open the cabinet and I could grab everything that I needed. The whole point is to eliminate that wasted time. You don't want to have to walk to the other side of the room to get materials or waste time cleaning the area. You need to be able to sit down daily or weekly, however often it is that you're planning or monthly. Can't we all strive for that, right? And you need to be able to get work done with minimal distractions. If you are able to move your desk, so if you were not me in my fourth grade classroom, you might consider putting it in a spot where it's kind of away from your door or or at least like tucked away in the corner. That way people can't, and I say people meaning like coworkers mostly, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they can't like peep in your room to be like, oh, she's in there and then come in and you start chatting. If you have it kind of tucked away, people won't even know if you're yes. in your room or not. That's a real hack right there. I love that. And I feel like last year I had to be in the front of the classroom because of, you know, hashtag COVID. And so I was right in the very front. I hated 
sitting in the front of my classroom. My nook is along this the wall where the door is located. So my door is kind of more up towards the front and my nook area is towards the back. So now I'm back in my sweet spot because I can have my lights off and there's so much sunlight that comes into my room that it just kind of works out for me, especially in the direction that we're faced, that I'm able to just sit back there and just work. It's great. Yeah, and speaking, you mentioned lights. So my old classroom had motion detector lights. And so if I was sitting there planning, like not moving a whole lot, eventually the lights would automatically turn off. And I was always like, perfect. No one's going to even know I'm in here. And then there would be that moment where I'd have to scoot away from my desk to grab something. And then oh. the lights will come on. I'm like, ah, I ruined and it. Everybody knows that you have those motion detector lights. And yeah. so now like, they like, know oh, she is that here. light is on. She <laughs> has to be in there. I, I don't understand those. I feel like last year when we were doing... Um, Zoom calls and I was Zooming with some of Blaine's teachers. They all had motion detector lights and like the lights would just randomly turn off on her and I'm like, oh, oh, I can't see you. (laughs) And then you have to like frantically wave your arms to try to turn them back on. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) So crazy. Um, Okay, so tip number six is going to be to decide how to display or keep student artwork. Let's just have a chat for a second. I mean, we all love student artwork, right? Those babies take up so much time, hopefully not your class time, where they are drawing (laughs) you all these really beautiful pieces of artwork because they love you so much. But they can take really a lot of time um, and figuring out where you're going to put it. So um, it can be a challenge, especially if you're just trying to maintain like an organized space as far as like, what am I going to do with all of this artwork? So think about and plan on like, how are you going to keep student artwork? Find ways to maximize your space. So this can be a bulletin board that you have in your teacher area that you want to display this on. Um, or if you have like a magnetic desk, you can utilize the magnets and keep them around your space. Or if you prefer to have them tucked away, you can use a memory box. So so this is like one of those like photo album box. I, I think of them like a shoe box, but it's mm-hmm. not a shoe box because they're like the paper crafty ones mm-hmm. um, where students can be able to place their artwork in there and then you can share it with your classes for years to come, right? Or you can do a photo album, which has been my preferred method for a little while. Um, And it's nice because you can have students go and put it in the photo album for you. (laughs) So you can like designate certain spots for the year and then students can be able to put that in there. And then they can also flip through it so they can see previous students. And now that I'm starting to get a bunch of siblings, like some of my kids will go through and they're like, oh, this is my brother or my sister. So it's really, really, really cute. So plan ahead of time and make sure that you're just identifying how you're going to be dealing with some of these precious items that your students are giving to you at the very last minute. Yeah, I always was a fan of just taping mine to the wall that was behind my desk. So Mm -hmm. the L part that goes up against the wall, I did have a bulletin board there. I saved that for like pictures. So if one of my students sent in like one of their school photos, I'd put it on there. But the wall area behind my desk, I would just tape all of the pictures up. And then once it got full, I would take them all down and add them to my memory box. Yeah. All right. Tip number seven is to incorporate item or items that make you happy. (laughs) It's super important for your desk to be an area that just brings you joy when you visit it. It's going to be motivational to you. So a few examples, examples, (laughs) a few examples. It's early, y'all. 
I it was so early. <laughs> I already mentioned that little kind of bulletin board area. It was like a cork board, so you could like you know put little pins in it. I would keep pictures there. Um, also, little like Chotsky items. Bridget did not know this word, so hopefully you all know what I mean by Chotskys. I don't know. They're like no. little trinkets. Trinkets is another good word for them. Oh, trinkets. I know trinkets. Yeah, Chotsky's trinkets. It's all the same. Um, gifts that you get from students, etc. But what I recommend to you is to really maximize the space. So rather than putting pictures in picture frames and having that take up a lot of like the surface area of your desk, can you tape the pictures onto your drawers or your cabinet fronts? Whenever I would get like holiday cards from students, I would always tape them up on my cabinet like mm-hmm. drawers. Also, could you change your computer background to a picture? That way, like you get to still see it. It makes you happy, but it's not taking up physical space. Or you could even make like a flippable picture ring. So Ikea makes these really cheap plastic picture frames. You can actually take book rings and put them, like hang them from the top, and then you could have pictures that you flip through. So maybe each week you like change the picture. Um, also just limit these. Like I, I have a lot of things that make me happy, but I can't have them all on my desk, right? You don't want your desk to be overrun with these items. Pick between like one to three things. So for me, it's those pictures on the cork board, my pen caddy, which that goes back to the whole writing utensil. It kind of serves two purposes, you know, killing two birds with one stone or as, um, Michael on the office at one point says like, killing two stones with one bird or something like that. (laughs) And then for me, it's also my snack drawer. I dedicate one of my desk drawers to snacks and that makes me very happy. (laughs) Bridget, what are yours? You literally have a snack drawer in your home, in your bedroom. Yes. You have it in your bedroom? (laughs) Well, I don't keep keep the snacks in my bedroom. No, you bring your snacks. Okay. I bring them. I do keep a towel in my nightstand that I like put across my chest to catch the crumbs when I eat my snacks. (laughs) I can't believe I just admitted that. (laughs) Listen, it makes me happy. (laughs) What are things that make me happy? Um, (laughs) Minimal stuff. It makes me happy. Um, no, I have, I think, w- w- a couple of things. I do have a, a couple of pictures of my boys, which now that I'm back in my little nook area, it's kind of weird because I think where the wires are, there's like a, a metal piece that's covering it. So you mm. can't see the wires that are then connecting to like all the outlets because there's a ton of outlets like around that space, which is ideal. Um, so I put some pictures of my boys up there. Okay. And then I have a pen holder which I made out of clay like I Mm. made a clay holder fancy and so yeah I did that myself it was one of my first ones I was super excited so that is like my pen holder and that's really about it that's really all that makes me happy but let's go back for a second you even said you're like well minimal stuff you know what that might be what makes someone happy they might want like a completely clear space free of all of that like the knickknack type of stuff and that's perfectly fine if that's what makes you happy then go for it yeah I will say having a lamp always makes me really Mm. happy because I like the cozy warmthness of the lamp so I would probably see a lamp okay yeah so this goes on to my next tip that we have which is going to be tip number eight and it's less is best we wholeheartedly approve 
the less is best philosophy here. <laughs> Make sure that you are not overcrowding your space and keeping too many items that can be considered overflow. Okay, I'm putting that in quotes. So keep the minimum of what you might need. So for example, I have two pairs of scissors because I have a tendency to leave them places. I mean, this is just what I do. And so I keep three pins and each um, like a little bit different, but they're all my favorites. So I have to have them. And then I keep an erasable highlighter, like I mentioned. So those are like my minimal items. If I have anything else, it's just extra items that I can find inside of my like supply drawer. And I will just go to the supply drawer or it's inside of my backpack. I don't try to overdo what I have in my area. Everything is basically placed in my supply cabinets and then I can replenish things as I need to. So as much as we might love like all of our office supplies, and I do mean love office supplies, you need to ensure that you're only keeping the necessary items that you need in order to fill, fulfill your work day. Does it make sense? Less it does. Is best. It does. I like less is best. It makes me hard. That makes me happy. I feel like I've embraced this even at home within like my makeup. I used to have all of my makeup in one spot, which is funny because a couple years ago, I didn't even own makeup. And then somehow I ended up with a ton of it. But when we moved, I elected to just have a very small amount. Like I literally have one thing of eyeshadow, one thing of blush, one thing of highlight. Like I have just one of each and then I have a drawer of all my extras. So if I'm feeling super fancy or if I run out and need to replenish it, I take it out of the drawer and put it into like my main area for keeping it. So yeah, I did see her makeup drawer. It is very nice. Mm, thank you. <laughs> very minimal. I like it a lot. <laughs> All right. Tip number nine is to have a place for everything. Ooh. This is crucial. If your desk is continually getting messy, tough love here, you probably don't have a place for everything. Now, some items may be kind of temporary and they may not need a space and that's okay. But if you are finding the same dang items on your desk day after day, you need to create a place for them. Keep in mind, the place may not be on your desk. You could create a place somewhere else in your room. If you're finding items from the floor, like, you know, you just walk around the room and you're like, what is this? And it's like a kid's item and you pick it up yep. and you put it on your desk. Instead of putting it on your desk, create a lost and found area somewhere else in your classroom for all of those items to go. When I moved grades, I had to get a redo bin. So this is something I did not need in second grade. My students didn't really redo assignments. But in my most recent district, they actually had a redo policy. So students were allowed to redo up to three assignments per subject area per marking period. That's a lot, y'all. And suddenly I had kids coming back after I'd sent home graded work and they're like, oh, can I redo this? Can I redo that? And it was like, you could redo, you could redo. So I had to actually create a bin to collect all of these papers. I did not have a place for it prior, but I noticed a pattern at the end of the day. I'd have like three or four papers on my desk that students wanted to redo. So I had to establish a place to keep them. Yeah, definitely that whole tip of just not allowing for students' materials to end up on your desk is so important. That is not their space. That is your space. You don't go, well, I mean, if you're like me and Michelle, you leave coffee on their desk, then yes, you probably do. <laughs> but you don't go and leave all your stuff on their desks. <laughs> so I tell my kids, I don't put my stuff on your desk. Don't put my stuff on my desk. <laughs> and then they find your coffee and they're like, finders keepers. Oh, oh. It's going to happen. I know it is. All right. So the final tip that we have for you is to create a, a system for resetting 
your desk. This is so unbelievably important. No system will last forever if you do not take the time to reset. Depending on your schedule and your needs, decide on when and how often you will reset your desk. We recommend doing this every day, specifically probably at the end of the day, so that you can feel refreshed and less stressed when you come in in the morning. You'll find that by following the tips, all that we've given you above, um, and it's going to just be so much easier to be able to reset and keep that space clean um, at the end. So you won't have to necessarily spend 30 or 40 minutes cleaning up your area. Yeah. So this tip should be relatively easy if you have followed all of the steps above it. So speaking of steps, let's go ahead and just go through them and kind of refresh our memory or not steps, but tips. I mean, they are kind of steps. There's steps that you could follow. They could. Yeah. So tip step number one is to set up your technology first. Tip number two is to utilize drawer organizers. Tip number three is to use a paper sorter. Tip number four is to establish a location for writing utensils. Tip number five is to designate a spot for planning. Tip number six is to decide how to keep or display student artwork. Tip number seven is to incorporate items that make you happy. Tip number eight is to remember less is best. Tip number nine is to have a place for everything. And tip number 10 is to create a system for resetting your desk. So we get, really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and that you found some really good, useful tips that you can take back and implement into your own classroom, especially as we're getting prepared for back to school. Uh, but we want to know what's happening with you all right now. We want to know what's your time-sucking hurdle. What is taking up all of your time? Head over to our website, teachingonthedouble.com. Submit your TSH and you can be featured right here on the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you are notified every time we drop a new episode, which is every single Thursday morning. And also make sure to leave a review over on iTunes. It really does help for our podcast to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. It really supports us. And we appreciate just hearing your thoughts and seeing what you guys have to say. So until next time, be timely, stay organized and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.